This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, April 15th, and let's talk about the weather. The past week has been the coolest mid-April period in the historical record that goes back 75 years. Many daily and even monthly temperature records have fallen across the region. These are low temperature records. And several locations in southwest Washington and northwest Oregon broke their daily snow records. And the extraordinary snow in Portland is a great example. Some places got four to six inches. Just amazing. Now today, Friday, will be partially cloudy uh, and cool with only a few scattered showers, a relatively dry day. The highs will be in the lower 50s west of the Cascades, which is 5 to 10 degrees below normal, and around 50 degrees over the Columbia Basin, which should be getting to the 60s this time of the year. Now on Saturday, tomorrow, an upper-level trough will approach the region. And the result will be upward motion and clouds, cooler temperatures, and a good chance of showers during the afternoon. And in fact, there could even be a few thunderstorms potentially in the mix. Now, you can expect rain in the lowlands, but snow in the mountains. And there could be as much as a half a foot above uh, 3,000 to 3,500 feet. So keep that in mind if you're traveling across the, across the passes. Now on Sunday, a temporary ridge of high pressure will build over the northwest. So expect dry conditions on Sunday and a modest warming in the west into, into the mid-50s and maybe near 60 in the Columbia Basin. But things will go downhill in a major way on Monday. A strong low-pressure system will approach the B.C. coast late on Monday, and there'll be active fronts associated with it crossing the northwest. One will come through in the morning and then a more potent front later in the afternoon. So expect rain in the lowlands and snow in the mountains later on Monday, and along the coast, strong winds. Now, this is all associated with a reinvigorated trough of low pressure offshore, and that will ensure that showers will continue into Tuesday. Now, the essential issue that we're facing right now is that a trough will be parked offshore for much of next week. The trough was over us this past week. Now it's going to move offshore. Now, that's going to leave us in a cool, showery situation. Not as cool as last week, so don't expect records, but temperatures will be below normal. One good thing is that Northern California should pick up significant precipitation from this pattern, which is critical, considering that during this dry La Nina winter in California, uh, they are well below normal in terms of precipitation and in terms of snow. So California needs the rain, and I think they're going to get some this coming week. One more thing, La Nina, where we have cool waters in the tropical 
Pacific, Central, and, and Eastern Pacific. La Nina has reinvigorated itself. It's come back. It was dying, and now it's revved up again. And the latest prediction by the NOAA Climate Prediction Center suggests the potential for La Nina to continue into next fall. Now, it's too early to tell for sure, but wait till June. We'll have a much better idea as we get into the summer whether La Nina will continue, which means if it did continue, that we'd be wetter and cooler than normal next winter, and the California would be continuing to be dry. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. I am often asked about my view on climate change. Now, I do think my evaluation of the issue is evident from my blog, but perhaps it will be useful for me to summarize how I see this issue in this podcast and in my accompanying blog. Let me begin by noting that I have published dozens of papers in the peer-reviewed literature on climate-related topics. I have received several grants from federal agencies on climate uh, subjects. I was trained by and did several papers on climate issues with one of the leading climate researchers in the United States, Stephen Schneider. I run regional climate models. I go to professional meetings on climate and read the literature. I am a scientist in one of the leading departments in the United States. My views are well within the mainstream. But before I start talking about the subject, let me define some terms. What we now call climate change used to be called global warming. The issue underlying both of these terms is how increasing greenhouse gases in the atmosphere such as CO2 and methane, will alter the climate of our planet. Well, what do we know about this topic, uh, and what do we know with some confidence? Well, we know that greenhouse gases are increasing, and that humans are the main cause of this rise. CO2 and methane emissions from human activities are the main driving forces of this increase in greenhouse gases. We know that the Earth has warmed by roughly 1 degree centigrade, approximately 2 degrees Fahrenheit, during the past century. And we believe, not believe, the science suggests that human-caused increase of greenhouse gases are the major cause of this warming, with some contribution from natural variability. We know that if greenhouse gas concentrations continue to increase, as they apparently will for a while, the warming will continue into the next century, and it'll probably be roughly one to three degrees centigrade more than we've warmed already. We also know from models and observations that the warming will not be uniform over the planet, with Arctic warming more than other locations. The continents will warm up more than the oceans, and the western oceans will warm up more than the eastern ones. We know that the best science 
including the reports of both international and national scientific organizations, suggests the following about the impacts of humans on climate change. Probably the most important thing is that there is no existential threat to humanity from global warming. I repeat, no existential threat. Climate models do not suggest any climate tipping points or extreme sudden changes in the climate as the Earth warms. Both I, the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which represents the, the, the viewpoints of hundreds or thousands of scientists around, around the world, and the U.S. National Climate Assessment, both suggest that unfettered global warming would reduce growth, both globally and nationally, by only a few percent. I repeat, it reduces growth. So even with global warming, mankind would be far better off and richer by the end of the century. Another point is that human-caused climate change could cause some problems, some of them serious, and some serious challenges for humanity. But adaptation to the changes, such as sea level rise, could greatly lessen their impacts. Let's think about the Northwest. Here in the Northwest, precipitation will increase slightly under global warming, and extreme precipitation by 10 to 20 percent. Our snowpack will be down significantly by the end of the century, perhaps as much as 50 percent. We need to plan for that, and we could do a great deal, such as increasing the reservoir capacity, as an example. The effects of climate change on extreme weather events has been small historically and up until now, and has generally been eclipsed by natural variability. Now, climate change will increase the effects of some extremes during the century, uh, such as increasing heat waves, uh, but will lessen others, such as cold waves. It really depends on what you're talking about. One thing that it's extraordinarily important to note is that mankind is increasingly resilient to extreme weather and the cost in human lives from extreme weather is down roughly 95%. Improved weather prediction capability and the ability of a richer, more technologically proficient society has allowed us to protect ourselves from extreme weather such as landfalling hurricanes. So even if some phenomena like hurricanes become more extreme, our ability to protect ourselves from them is increasing so rapidly that there is no reason to expect increased loss of life under global warming. In fact, the opposite is probably true. Finally, I believe, based on a lot of reading and going to meetings and whatever, that there is great optimism about the global warming problem. Safe nuclear energy is available, safe fission, renewables are improving, fusion power, which would be unlimited clean power, will become a reality within decades. And with nuclear energy, either fission or fusion, we could start pulling CO2 out of the atmosphere. Weather prediction 
will only increase in skill, further allowing us to protect vulnerable populations. And we have only scratched the surface with adaptation, including more water storage uh, capabilities in the West and restoring our terribly mismanaged fire-prone forests. The bottom line of all this is that global warming, climate change, is a manageable, modest problem that mankind will be able to adapt to and eventually conquer. It is not an existential threat to our existence or even our economic growth. It is a scientific, technical problem that we can overcome. There are far more difficult problems before us, such as aggressive, totalitarian governments such as Russia or China, the potential for nuclear war, or the terrifying potential of weaponized viruses and deadly global pandemics. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.